3: This actress was nominated in 2012 for her film where she played a character named Hush Puppy, and she became the youngest ever female actress to be nominated.
1: Good? Kavanganae? Yeah!
3: Kavantane Wallace. Amen. Now that's real black excellence.
1: Amen. Hello! Hey. Hi. What's up? We're back. This is Shayna. <laughs> and I'm JJ.
3: And this is... I feel like we didn't actually say yo business last time. We but,
1: did, but it came a little late. Oh, but y'all know. It was a delayed announcement. Yeah. Y'all announcement. know what this is. <laughs>
3: um, All right. right. We have a lot to talk about. So I feel like yo business needs to begin.
1: Yeah. Let's start it. All right. So, go ahead. Um, First up... WordPress, or the company that owns WordPress, which is called Automatic, bought Tumblr um, this week for $3 million from Verizon. Guess how much uh, Tumblr was worth when Yahoo bought it? How much? $1.1 billion.
3: Why'd they get it for such a low low? That's like thrifting. You know, that's my thing. (laughs) Not Tumblr. Thr- yeah, did they thrift Tumblr?
1: Well, uh a lot of people feel that Tumblr lost a lot of its value when well, they
3: took the porn out. Took the porn out. Yeah, Tumblr after dark was lit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna say exactly what I used Tumblr for. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Tumblr was like my pre-Pinterest.
1: Yeah.
3: How did, you,
1: how did you use it?
3: I like put. I like repinned a lot or Mm -hmm. reposted. Yeah. Uh Like similar to a Pinterest where you like pin other people's pictures. Yeah. And so like my Tumblr was like a scroll of like what I was into, but then Uh I was a blogger at the time, so then I also had a lot of my original stuff on there.
1: Interesting. Okay. And porn. (laughs) Well um So uh, Matt Mullenweg, who uh, is a very nice guy, actually, I've interviewed him before, um, who's the founder of Automatic, (laughs) Um, he did an interview with The Verge recently, and he said, uh, I would love for Tumblr to become a social alternative um, that's in line with automatics values around privacy and freedom of speech and publishing. But it has the fun and friendliness of some of the other networks we use, but without that democracy destroying dot dot dot. Oh, oh I don't know what you want to call it. <laughs> Which is obviously shade to like Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. But I thought he was he was hitting on a really interesting point there because you know, while Twitter and Facebook you know, thrived and got all these users, um, thanks in part to uh, racist and r- Russian trolls. <laughs> Tumblr. Thanks, became, guys. Right. Tumblr kind of became known as a safe haven for like all these, um, like, really tight and, and highly engaged cultures. Yeah. yeah like, you know, so obviously, like, black folks and uh, black creatives, but also the LGBT community and people with like different kinks and like, and, and disabilities and, um, and, you know, even you mentioned to me uh, last week that you wanted to start a Tumblr for what? Oh, <laughs> I want to
3: start a Tumblr called White Girls Saying Awful Things.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> because
1: like, like, I hear that a lot. Yeah, but, it, you know, it, it became like a place for, you know, people who, you know, had unique ideas or, or interests um, to kind of congregate together. So... I don't know, it made me curious about what what could be their social alternative. Like what, what could Tumblr become now that it's owned by WordPress?
3: Well, I think we're going old school and now doing like a lot more using online to fuel meetups mm. and forums and mm. panels, right? Like I think we're like we're kind of like going backwards in a sense, I guess, and doing like real life now. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there's so many influencers that I follow that will like be like, hey, I'm in New York. Let's all meet in Prospect Park. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And just
3: like trying to bring stuff off of offline. So maybe that's the new yeah. Tumblr. There, there
1: are there are some um, social media um, sites that are, are promoting again, fund, that. Yeah. yeah. For doing just that.
3: Yeah. So, speaking of acquisitions, mm-hmm. so Farfetch, which have you heard of Farfetch? Yep. Okay. I feel like when I talked about this with someone earlier this week who was like a fashion person, they had never heard of it. Mm. Um, so, Farfetch is basically like fast fashion, but for streetwear. Mm-hmm. And so, this week they acquired um, the parent company of Off-White, so a New Guards Group. Uh, For $675 million. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And I feel like it's interesting because we're – you know, you and I talk about what Spotify is doing for podcasting, what Netflix has done for movies. It's just like where even when we think we're doing like private label or we're going to the independent person, they're actually owned. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I give no cares about Off-White and Virgil Abloh's like (laughs) – Identity crisis ass, but I feel like it's It's interesting to me when these companies that started out as startups and small things themselves grow so large and gobble up everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And so they really are doing this to be able to drive in-house driven content. Mm-hmm. And it's like doing what LVMH has done for high end for streetwear. Mm. Um, but interestingly enough, and this is what came up to me. So like I've started to dabble in stocks. But in like oh, in the smallest of ways, my friend, my, <laughs> my friend that's helping me with it is like, you have to buy more shares because I'm just like scared. And I buy like three shares uh-huh. or something. He's like at least 10 because <laughs> what happened is. Farfetch went into debt To do this acquisition Mm. Which happens Amazon did it Netflix did it Uber It's like they incurred debt To do all this future planning Mm -hmm. But when investors Got wind of that The stock stock Cratered 40% To its lowest ever point Mm. After they bought Off-White So that's when I bought Farfetch stock Because Mm. I just was like It's going to be really low now But then You know Apparently The stock market's crashing So it's like Are we supposed to be (laughs) Are we supposed to be Doing this or not Um, It's not
2: crashing. I mean,
3: uh. it plummeted. The Dow plummeted 800 (laughs) points. That is so scary. Any little money that there was to be made. I was like, oh,
1: yeah. They're saying that it might be a a signal for an upcoming recession, which
3: is crazy because the last one they announced was literally what the year before we graduated college. And Who fixed that one?
1: Obama.
3: Mm. Let.
1: The blacks have it. I saw. I saw a tweet um, earlier where somebody was saying, pointing out how uh, Republican presidents always start uh, recessions. Hmm. Because <laughs> George, because George W. Bush, like you know, recession. The last recession happened under his watch. Obama then, came in, you know, gave the bailout, um, bailed out the automotive industries, and put it in along with a whole bunch of other initiatives and then like Trump just after two years here we are again it makes me feel like you know we America is supposed to be you know the land of entrepreneurship right and you know we talk about the American way um and all this but we we don't regulate uh the ways in which you know, big companies get bigger mm-hmm. and like just come in and like totally just run. Or over. like put
3: a cap. I feel like there should be a cap on how rich you can be.
1: A, a lot of people feel the same before
3: thing. you have to start like trickling down some.
1: Yeah. Well, what's interesting talk about like getting richer. We work also went up, uh, filed an IPO recently and it's losing like so much money. It like mm. made a billion dollars, but off uh, last, uh, the past year, but also is losing like $900 million. And, and I thought what was interesting was in the, um, in the IPO filing, um, uh, before, you know, what you have to file before you go public is that, um, they said that, um, the, the CEO, Adam Newman, he and his wife had to, uh, I think it was like make us, they, they had to donate they promised to donate a billion dollars to like nonprofits, mm-hmm. um, or they would. If they didn't do that, then they could lose their shares in the company, their voting shares in the company Was I thought was that was kind of an eye opener? Yeah, for I've me. never heard that. So, um, I don't know, that just reminded me of when you talk about like some of it happened to trickle down, right? Uh, yeah, it, and it, that could have been just like some kind of ploy, some kind of internal marketing that we don't right. know about. But-
3: <laughs> There's a lot of that. <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah, I, I do think that you know, and part of I, I talk about this a lot, you know, with my colleagues. But like, part of it is that we have like legislators who, when when it comes to tech at least, um, that just don't know how to regulate some of these companies, and mm-hmm. so that's why you see that's why we have like a Facebook as big as it has, and like remember that hearing that we had when Facebook had to own up to some of the stuff uh, in front of Congress, and the, the, these old like. Repu- uh, Democrats too, but just didn't even know like what questions to ask.
3: Yeah, they're like, uh, how can I- How can I get on the internet? <laughs> All right, in the world of politics. So Rosario Dawson's boyfriend was in the news. Are they still, I don't know
0: together? How they still together? No, why they broke
3: up? <laughs> A scandal. I don't. Th- Did I they? Wrong
1: about that. Let's see, Corey.
0: I haven't Baca heard about
3: it lately, but I figured maybe he finally yeah. stopped talking about it and got to politics. That's broke. what I assumed.
1: But, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, this is Aol. The headline says: Have Rosario Dawson and Cory Booker called to quits? But is it
3: just because we haven't been here?
1: Page six says: Rosario Dawson skips another of boyfriend's Cory Booker's campaign events. You know, so gosh.
3: Well, anyway. Down to the real business. So it was announced this week that Newark, New Jersey, is basically the new Flint. They're passing out bottled water because they tested the lead levels, and it was above what it should be. And apparently the tap water has been contaminated for at least three years. But they had passed out these filters to, I think it was like 38 Thousand people that were affected and then recently tested this week and found out that the filters weren't working. Mm. And they tested, and Newark is uh, predominantly black, of course, because why would this happen to anyone but poor black people? Um, and so the reason that Cory Booker came up is because he was the mayor of Newark from 2006 uh, to ooh. 2013. During that time, there was like a watershed foundation that was supposed to be putting a a multi-million dollar grant into Mm -hmm. redoing all of this water system. And they found out that they had spent the millions of dollars improperly and recklessly. And there was no oversight by either the board of trustees or the city, both of which were led by Cory Booker. Wow! So how he responded to it this week was, he was in New York and he said, you know, if this isn't a... This is an example of an environmental injustice, and the federal like it's like federal responsibility to help with this. Never mentioning Newark's name, and also never mm. mentioning that he was the mayor of this town when
1: all of this was happening. Of course, because he's on the the campaign trail, right? But now. we
3: see you, Cook Corey, <laughs> and we know you were out here trying to like do a shtick and rescue babies from a burning building and living in the projects in Newark when you didn't have to. But were you drinking the water? Mm. So, I'm just like, I'm so leery of him. He just feels like such a clown. And I, Newark is not far from where we live. Yeah. And it, there's no.
1: We were just talking about, like, a few minutes ago. About water. In our interview, about how highly filtered New York City's water is. Yeah. So, but
3: the and y'all try to clown me because I don't drink <laughs> tap water. Um, but to me, it's, like, not lost on me that we see this in places like flint places like newark where Mm -hmm. the median income is very low it's predominantly black Mm -hmm. um it's a lot of people who have lived there for generations and it's like it makes sense that those are the places where money that's supposed to be funneled into helping would be improperly spent
1: yeah i wonder like i wonder if if he at all like just followed up on because because I, I imagine right that he didn't like directly oversee like the allocation of these dollars right but I wonder if he like followed up at all to see like what were the results of you know this organization like it because I want to like I'm trying to get better about giving that uh, people people should be definitely held accountable especially people in power but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to get better about like cancel. The campaign is getting hot and heavy, so it's definitely gonna be um, <laughs> um, not great for him if it comes out, if, if more information on this comes right. out. Right,
3: and not great for him, and even worse for the children with elevated levels of lead in their exactly. blood.
1: And, you know, I always, I also, not, and not, uh, that's obviously the priority uh, of concern here.
3: Black people can't get a break. <laughs> it yeah. just feels like any of these, you know, that's why it's like hard for me when I hear about cities like Atlanta that are predominantly black. I love it, but then it also feels like then we have a bullseye on you know. Or when I go to countries like Turks and Caicos or Jamaica that are predominantly black and just see like just how poor it is, Mm -hmm. it's like can we get predominantly black and not all of these other things? Like, is that possible? Because it doesn't feel like it. Um, So yeah, what else? What what happened in politics this week?
1: I thought it would be a a good time to just um, to touch on immigration and. Talk about some of the the changes that um, the Trump administration is proposing um, to the green card process. So a few days ago, um, the administration issued a final rule that allows federal officials to deny green cards to illegal immigrants who have received certain public benefits or who are deemed likely to do so in the future. Um, this is reading from Politico. Um, and, you know, there, a lot of people are obviously upset about this and saying that it could basically change the face of, um, who we think, or a lot of people think that this could just change the, the notion of what America stands for. I mean, we are a nation of immigrants. You know, there was also that Trump official, who said in a, in a, a press conference the other day that he wouldn't mind changing the, the poem on the Statue of Liberty, you know, when it says, give us your, you know, you're hungry, you're tired, you're, you're, hungry, tired. You're, you're, you're poor. And then he said, if they can stand for, on their own two feet. <gasps> know, in response to criticism oh, to, my this,
3: Lord.
1: Um, to this uh, new green card rule. Um, Ugh. So that's not, <laughs> that's not all. Um, there was also the New York Times, did an interesting story about this woman um, whose name is Cordelia Scaife May, um, who was a, a socialite.
3: Is she uh, white? Yes, yeah, she Cordelia? is.
1: Cordelia? <laughs> well, she's dead now. But that
3: sounds like <laughs> an auntie's name.
1: But she apparently started something called the Colcom Foundation. And this could have been my learned for this episode because I had no idea about this. So the New York Times says today, 14 years after Miss May's death, her money remains the lifeblood of the um, the anti-immigrant movement. It's poured it's poured 180 million into a network of groups that spent decades agitating for the policies that Trump is now pursuing, which includes militarizing the border, capping illegal immigration. Prioritizing skills over family ties when it comes to immigration and all this, and I mean it's just like a winding um, story, and we can put it in the um, in the uh, in the show notes about like just how far this woman's money stretches, and it just made me also think about because there's also a new book about the Koch brothers um, and how they just have their hands and like so so much of the you know the economy um, and and politics in this country made me think about, like, all these other, like, shadowy figures, you know, who...
3: And she'd been dead. She'd
1: been dead. And her money is still working, like, for the... White but
3: was it in her like, will that she, like, wanted this money to go to anti-immigration? Like, how did it work?
1: I'm sure. I didn't I didn't read the... the um, like, on
3: her deathbed, was she like, no brown people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Um, it says... So, like, they have, like, a breakdown of... Um, of its its giving uh, of the Calvcom Foundation's uh, giving, uh, and f- uh, when it comes to their tax filings, and of the of the um, of all its funds, one hundred eighty million went to immigration and population control, versus eighty million to environment issues, and and fifty five million to other like charitable uh, places or organizations like the Carnegie Institute.
3: <laughs> that has nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's nothing to do. That's very different than <laughs> you're
1: too much. But well, That's not Carnegie Mellon?
3: I mean, I don't know. Does the Carnegie <laughs> Institute fund that? Probably. I mean, it's probably a lot of stuff in Pittsburgh. Everything's yeah. named after him.
1: But The point is... <laughs> This old rich but, white like woman. I <laughs> took her but You were like,
3: oh, and you. And you too. And you she got funded it. your edu- no, education. No, I funded my own damn education. <laughs> me and Sally Mae. Still paying. <laughs> I um, wish that rich white lady's money would have
1: helped. So so that's a. I uh, I just thought that story was interesting that this rich white woman's money is still working. From 15, the grave. From the grave against uh, immigrants.
3: I mean, given how this country treats its own that aren't um, exactly the way that they deem is appropriate. It doesn't surprise me that it would be treating outsiders this way.
1: Yeah, it's like, we made it you know, from yeah. uh, on the Mayflower whatever, but not. And
3: everything you know. before that didn't matter. And everything before that was savage and like, yeah, I'm exhausted by it. Um, speaking of <laughs> <laughs> exhaustion exhaustion and just like people not getting it um what is our culture news this week
1: so um Jay-Z uh who is the obviously the we know who Jay-Z CEO is CEO of rock Nation <laughs> um, Beyonce's husband the, his interne- entertainment company um agreed to uh sign a deal with the NFL to lead its <laughs> Uh, projects in music and entertainment. Says as part, this is according to ESPN, uh, as part of the long-term partnership, Rock Nation will advise on the selection of artists for NFL events, including the Super Bowl, as well as play a key role in the production and promotion of new music. We will do
3: anything. (laughs) We will do anything for some white money. He, He didn't need to do that. Yeah. And no, I don't see me, any good in this.
1: To me, it stood it stood out because he he has been doing so many other interesting things as a businessman that like that align with kind of the um, uh, the progressive views of a lot of his followers and also things that he's rapped about in his own lyrics about, like, ownership and solidarity and et cetera. Like, um, you know, he invested recently in that cannabis company. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about it on the podcast last season. Um, and, you know, was also go- as part of that was going to be working toward um, criminal justice reform. And he
3: has investment fr- like an investment firm that, own, like, invests in black-owned. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, I, I, didn't, I didn't get how this was... I, I, I mean, I thought that he was you know we were all standing in solidarity with with cap, and I just wondered when I saw this well what happened to that?
3: This doesn't surprise me and like will and Jada leaking up with Facebook didn't surprise me. I just feel like they get to a point where they know that like the the money and their influence can talk louder than anything yeah. else, and so they lead with that.
1: I will say that there's another part to the partnership um it says. Uh, among the most important benefits to the NFL is that Rock Nation could enhance the Inspire Change platform, which is, I guess, by the um, created by the league, um, which is run by the league and its players, which focuses on education, economic advancement, and improving police community relations. weren't they just
3: <laughs> two seconds ago kicking teams off the field for not kneeling? Yeah, get out of here. That's yep. what I'm just like. Anything, and you know, I know. The NFL has been out here trying to seek black talent mm-hmm. behind the scenes and like trying to get like a cultural input. And it's like, oh, okay, that's I mean, really Izzy convenient that, liter- that you want this Izzy now. He
1: also literally said, and um, was that ape shit when he said, you, uh, fuck the NFL? Right. You, I don't need you. You need me. You're a
3: clown. Yeah. <laughs> You're a clown. I'm just like, at this point. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like this is a perfect segue for us to get to Dave because he also talks about like us. We like will give it all up for a white organization to recognize us when JC, you already have all of your own things. You could have done all of this on a huge level because you're right. The NFL needed you. You could have done this through Tidal, Rock Nation, your fucking wife, who is, like, the creator of all influence. Like, you did not need the NFL to cause a change, yeah. but you were so willing. Like, it's like when a white company asks us, we all of a sudden think now it's legitimate and we want to be a part of it.
1: I, w- I just wonder, like, what – because he did do a, um, a- another um... – a press event around this with I think with the um, the NFL CEO uh, Roger Goodell um, and uh, the Root did a piece on this and they they asked him a question about like you know what about the players kneeling or something like that and he said something like I I think we're past kneeling I think it's time for action
3: and this is the action
1: did you see that that he that his people also said that they spoke with Kaepernick before the deal and then like caps fiance posted on twitter this is a lie <laughs> uh, i like her <laughs> nesta yeah she like she came back with the quickness right she was like no this is a lie Yeah, you
3: did it and this is gross <laughs> stop doing this um,
1: uh, anyway. anyway all
3: right well i do feel like that's a perfect segue for our guest today mm-hmm. who i loved um so today we have davon christopher johnson who's the founder and ceo of blue life media group so that's Blue Magazine, its sister digital platform, Bombshell by Blue, Blue TV. They have podcasts. They represent influencers. They're really just doing a lot. So come on back. He gave us so much. So come back. All right. So today we have Devon Christopher Johnson, who is the founder and CEO of Blue Life Media Group, which includes Blue Magazine, its sister digital platform, Bombshell by Blue.com, Blue TV, like list goes on.
0: <laughs> when and, do you
3: sleep? I don't sleep. Right. I mean, obviously, because <laughs> there's, there's a lot on this list.
1: Y'all, he literally left work in where Tribeca, no came,
2: financial district,
1: financial district, yeah. came all the way up to Harlem to record this podcast, and is going back downtown yeah. afterwards. So, welcome and thank
3: you. Yes, thank Woo. you.
1: <laughs> all right, well, let's get
3: started. I know you are a busy man.
1: Yeah. So our first question is to just tell us about Blue Life Media. Why did you start it and why was it important to you uh, and, and what the focus is of the company?
2: Yeah, so uh I answer this question differently every time, but it's always the truth. So you might hear the answer differently, but they're okay. all true, right? <laughs> Everything's true, I said um, <laughs> Everything. Everything. <I, laughs> <after> <laughs> Very factual here. Um, but basically, I used to work in the music industry. Um worked at a couple of record labels and I was part of the marketing department. And we were part of the machine that puts out an image primarily of black men and, and hip-hop, um, that didn't always reflect who they truly were. They didn't reflect who I was, um, but it sold records. And I guess my conscience told me, you know, rather than complaining about it, how do you come up with a solution? And for mm. me, it was, well, I'm going to change the perception of black men in media, um, specifically through print magazines. Um, and that's what made it started. So I started in my apartment in Harlem. Wow. Um, around the corner from here on 117th street. Mm-hmm. This is
3: where dreams are made. <laughs> All of this is where
2: dreams are made. You can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Right. Um, and some friends, you know, a couple of, you know, bottles of vodka and there we had a concept. You know, we took some magazines that we liked, pulled images out, created a reference and I tell people it was a perfect combination of arrogance and ignorance. Mm. Um, I was so arrogant that I can do this thing and ignorant to how hard it was to, to do it. Mm. Um, I think the me now probably wouldn't Have done this because it's been very hard, uh, very challenging. I won't say hard, very challenging. Um, But again, you know, doing the good work isn't always easy, and changing the perception of black men in media, since we've been you know, objectified and visualized in such negative ways for centuries, um, it's going to be an uphill you know climb no matter what.
1: For sure, yeah. And I I love like when I whenever I go to Blues um, homepage, you see people that you know and
2: respect but don't get a lot of coverage right mm-hmm, so exactly. I,
3: yeah like fine-ass diggy simmons
2: <laughs> yes <laughs> but yeah like that's kind of the thing like so like what happened to like why can't the boy next door be black
3: and i read in um an interview that you did with black enterprise talking about i want to get into the black stuff early that's okay let's do that's it my thing um talking <laughs> about really how we how we celebrate these white platforms for digitally black facing us yeah which is i talk about digital blackface all the time and how it's like kind of unfortunate that we wait until we get until missy gets a vma to be like finally when it's like we've been giving missy her roses for forever forever right forever and so yeah i'd love to hear you talk about that and kind of how blue gets in the face of doing yeah
2: i mean honestly i call it out as much as i can um I'm, i'm i'm a small voice but we're mighty and the truth is like i'll go to a newsstand and i'll see like all these black faces on on magazines that traditionally haven't put black faces on on covers but yet their staff is not diverse. Their staff mm-hmm. is not reflective of the covered the image they're trying to put out. Right. And even we, the
3: rest of the magazine. Or even the
2: rest of the magazine. They right. put a black face on the cover yeah. because black people um, in this country over-index in spending, uh, buying, consuming media, print media. Mm-hmm. So we, we consume like eight or ten magazines a month. Um, non-black people consume like six or seven a month. So wow. we are still a viable um, consumer when it comes to print publications. Although mm. the message out there is that magazines are dying – and no one reads. Mm-hmm. Black people read. Right. We read all the time. Right. Um, we just started seeing ourselves in print like fifty years ago with Ebony. So it's not like we have centuries of seeing great images of black people. So when we do see it, so when we we're, do like, see yes. it we're all into right. it. Yeah. So they, and they know, know that. They know that. Yeah. So they feed us the lie that no one buys magazines, so therefore we don't support black owned media. You better come and in and here and preach they
0: that. They yes. <laughs>
3: The, the conspiracy,
2: yeah. But then they put black faces on non-black owned media, right. and then we spend our money on that, right? And that's because because we,
3: we think that's the representation we we've been representation, waiting
2: for. What we're waiting for, and the truth is, it's always been about us. We need to reflect ourselves and support mm. ourselves. And before you know, non-black owned media put black people on the cover. We had so many black owned media companies because we only can mm. find ourselves within ourselves, and we spent our money on ourselves, and that helps support and prop up black owned media. And wow. somehow the trick. Was Oh, we'll just say, you know, black people don't read right. and we'll put black people on white owned magazines. Wow.
1: So what what do you think should be the, because you, you just talked about this in an op-ed for Adweek. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think should be the solution? Yeah, to, shout to
2: out to Adweek for letting me write that, like <laughs> not editing. Yeah, you kind of you went in. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> went in and they let all my words go. Um, the truth is like, so we are not in positions to control the dollars behind ad spend. Right. So we often celebrate and I see all these awards for people of color, specifically black people that get to work at media companies or work at ad agencies and they're part of creative. We've always been creative, but they don't give us (laughs) the key to the bank. They don't give us, you know, the access to spend money in black owned media. So then what happens is all the money goes to say, and my competitors are probably GQ and Esquire. They'll get the ad with the black person in the Gucci ad, but the black magazine won't get the ad with the black Mm -hmm. person in the Gucci ad, Um, Mm -hmm. which is, which is an issue, right? Um, So we're good enough to like sell a product, so we can sell the image of black cool, yeah. but black people aren't cool enough to benefit from the spend mm. in, in publications. Yeah, wow,
3: which is like the literal definition of blackface. Right, and like Minstrel shows. It's yeah, like, so, so we are we're enough to be the front, but we don't get to profit yeah, off of it at and, all. At
2: least back then, it was like white people putting like black makeup on to be blackface. Mm. They're just using black just using people. black blackface now, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to be
3: <laughs> It's cheaper that way. It's
2: way cheaper. Yeah,
3: right? white people are expensive.
2: Yeah, you can you can save them the makeup. Right, <laughs> I can't take that. Yeah. Off. <laughs>
3: It's gonna be good. <laughs> <Yes.
2: too. laughs> um, At Def Jam, um, I decided, you know, in that, you know, night of drinking in my apartment, <laughs> that the next thing would be to start a magazine. Now, prior to the economic downturn, magazines are making a lot of money. Right. Record labels are spending a lot of money. So I'm like, oh, this is easy. Call my old contacts. They'll buy some ads. We'll be good. But then the world went broke, right? Mm. iTunes happened. Record labels losing money. Like things were going crazy. Um, however, I managed um, by some miracle to do a fundraiser um, in 2009. I was able to raise an angel investor, um, gave me some money to to grow the brand, and that wow. kept us solid through the economic crisis. You know,
1: what too. What did you turn to for investment? Like, uh, I,
2: I did some old school, and I don't know if it'll work now. But like, I went on AngelList dot com and I like, put my business plan. I up. love wow. AngelList. Yeah, and somebody responded. Someone That's from amazing. Alaska. What? Is, what? It was random. It was like this. The stars align. Just like wow. Random. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: That's called whatever temperatures this winter brings. Your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support, and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant. Whatever it takes purpose. Purpose.
2: Yeah. Step into so, your purpose. So what did so what did you bring? I'm not trying to be the most popular um publication cuz people, you know, crash and burn very easily. Like I'm building a 100-year company versus a 100-day company mm. or a one-year company. Mm-hmm. Um so for me the race was never about um who finishes, you know, fastest or grows the fastest. It's like, you know, who lasts the longest. So I guess I'm the tortoise, not the hare. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I heard that. Right. <laughs>
2: The reason why magazines often fail and are often in debt is because it costs a lot of money to not only print but also ship copies in a magazine. Mm-hmm. Like You think when you see these Conde Nast publications out of 800, 900 pages, they make money, they're at a net like negative mm. yeah. because it's so expensive to yeah. produce.
1: Um, print is like kind of the the legacy, like flagship, right? Yeah, it's, the, it's yeah. a marketing tool. It's a marketing yeah. tool.
2: So once you know that, we knew that we had to control our budgets. We would only print a certain amount, and any additional growth would be organically online. So we cap our, our printing at one hundred fifty thousand copies. We distribute through Barnes and Nobles. We also have our own distribution network through black barbershops, about three thousand barbershops oh, on the that's East Coast. Awesome. So yeah. we, we're like direct to consumer. So our business model was never built on the consumer having to pay for anything. Thing. I feel the advertisers should be charged to access our audience. So mm. like it's a simple old school business model is how it used to be before publishing got greedy. Um, and they wanted both ways. They wanted a consumer to spend and the an advertiser to spend. Mm. Um, but as far as like, you know, Johnson publication and a bunch of other, I mean, you have, you have Uptown, um, you have essence, you had the source, you had vibe. Um, there are a bunch of media, but what happens is we do this thing where where black achievement, We we harness exceptionalism, right? So all the like eyes on this one product, right? Mm -hmm. And then if they make one little mistake, it's like you screwed up, and then no one else gets any credibility because that one thing that was propped up as exceptional has failed, failed, and it really didn't fail. It did what most companies do is pivot, right? right? But when it comes to like you know white entrepreneurs, it's called a pivot. Mm -hmm. When it's someone black, it's called a failure, Mm -hmm. right? And that pivot um, in general population. Doesn't affect the other white men That want to go and start something But the pivot in the black community Or black people Affects everyone else And it's like Oh but so and so didn't do it So no way you can do it Right Exactly
1: that we, we aren't allowed space for, um, mistake or learning or growth.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, and with that too, so like blue, you know, we focus on black men, but we promote the black male experience and the black male culture, but we don't have a magazine just for black people, right? Because the truth is non-black people love black people. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I know that. So I don't have to try to sell black to black. We already know who we are. Um, but I want to show, show an authentic, organic, uh, perception of black people. So,
1: You've been around for well, blue blue I'm magazine. Old man. <laughs> Not
0: you. Been Not you. Out.
1: You are a dinosaur. <laughs> Not you. Stop it. Blue magazine <laughs> has been around for more than a decade. Um, you've kept the print version, obviously, but you've also expanded into podcasting, influencer marketing. So, like, I'm I'm just curious, like, what your outlook is over when it comes to the media landscape. As a whole Like what What are you like bullish on What do you think Is like the next Frontier mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause, you, Cause you're clearly like Kind of testing the waters With a lot of things Right Yeah
2: like, yeah I'm, I'm testing the water Cause that's the, that's the thing to do Right Child mm-hmm. by error um, However I'm still bullish on print Right I'm still Bullish on this global connectivity to people of color, specifically black people, um, the continent of Africa, the Caribbean, the United States, and even Latin America, hmm. and us seeing images of ourselves in print. Right, so you can go to a website. You can go to a thousand websites in one day. Um, there's no really way you can bookmark, but how many bookmarks you're gonna have, right? Yeah. Something amazing about seeing like people that look like you in print and ripping that page out totally. and putting it on your wall, putting mm-hmm. it in, in your file or folding to put into your Bible, like that. That still means something to people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look at blue and I look at black people globally, not just on the East Coast or West Coast, right? Mm-hmm. So we often think that you know the way things happen in New York, the way things happen in LA, that's the way the rest of the country. Yeah, I was like, now I have cousins and the, the Mid-South that that love magazines, right? That may not have Hulu, you know, right. uh, <laughs> Hulu, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you know, right. all Netflix, the options. HBO Go, like they mm-hmm. might not have all that. For Maybe real. all they have is this free magazine that they get at the barbershop yeah. in their town from yeah. Blue. Um, so for that, I'm bullish on that. And also I'm just bullish on like black-owned media in general. There's so little, right? Mm-hmm. So it's actually, to me, a growth market. this opportunity like if funding comes in, um, properly and ad agencies spend money in black owned media. They'll definitely see a ROI. Black people are one of the most trustworthy, loyal consumers ever, sure. like made, right? Um, so why not give us real value and invest in those, in those places?
1: That's great. And you, you talked about this notion of like global connectivity for mm-hmm. black people. Like how, how are you getting into those markets and getting blue in front of like consumers and, you know whether it's latin america nigeria
2: yeah yeah so honestly i over the past five years i've visited 36 countries yeah your instagram is lit i was about to say (laughs) you're
1: always every time your picture comes up like you're somewhere else on a bike ride through some foreign (laughs) city it's a random city
2: like this is me on a bike like i here, like the old
1: spice guy i'm
2: on a bike (laughs) i'm on a bike um so so part of that has just been like really going to people and seeing what but um, their needs are, and the truth is, like I know in America, black men were like an endangered species. Like we can get shot by like having the sneakers in our hand. You know what I mean? The truth is, like the black American experience. Is like an exportable commodity. Like hmm. people eat it up all over the world. And then once you know that, like I, it took me to step outside of the United States to really see my value as a black American. Right. Yeah. Um, and as an American in general, like how valuable that is globally yeah. um, and trying to find a way to harness that and creating relationships across the pond, across the oceans, whatever. Um, I remember I taught uh, a workshop in Nairobi, Kenya in October last year. And, See, these students are really design students and like, you know, they just want to break into the American market. They want Americans to see what the, des- the designs are. Um, there's great opportunity for people of color, black people specifically. And I like this people of color thing gets me. Tongue tied all the time too. Yes but, <laughs> You're my
3: favorite <laughs> I just had a rant about Yeah like, cause,
2: like I'm saying it because That's just in my head so much Right yeah. But the truth is like, Let's get black people right first That's yep. America's original sin yes. We just sin. talked about and this if we, if we get that right first Then everyone else Will fall in line Yes yeah. We don't need to keep saying People of color People of color Yes like, yeah. Let's address the wrongs Ever done to black people Yes And Ooh. if you address that One original sin in America yeah. Then everyone else Will be You better here. Come in here <laughs> Yes I just had to read something yes. on Twitter last night. Yes. Go, <laughs> yes. Go because People of color didn't want to be people of color before. They wanted to be white. Yeah. And, and they still do. And it's suddenly now like the people of color when it comes to getting a job, getting funding. Yeah, when the know, diversity yeah. money is on the table, yeah. yes. But before yeah. that, there was just black yes. people and everybody else. Yes. yeah, yeah.
3: And the, we're still pointing to the fact that the default is whiteness. So we need to say color to note that we're not talking about white people. Yeah. I'm never talking about white it people. It still
2: gives... <laughs> It's funny, no, it's, it's funny. Word, words matter, right? I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm a journalist, right? So word, words do matter. And so you, when you do this thing where, where white is a standard, you're always an other, right? Yep. So for instance, I don't call myself African-American or Africans, you know, hyphen American. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well... I do my family history. We've been here for over eight generations, mm-hmm. at least eight generations. I can document. I'm more American than most people are American. So mm-hmm. like, I want to own my Americanness. I'm black. I'm not trying to like not be black. Um And I've been to Africa, right? And I've been to several countries in Africa, not just you know Cape Town, right? I've been <laughs> Johannesburg also, right? Um Slight read. <laughs> I'm just saying, right? So like, there's this thing where like I. I know that people of color suffer in general across the globe because of, you know, white supremacy and white policies. At the same time, in America, Black people have suffered the longest and the most, and we need to address that first. Like mm-hmm. before, we can start fighting for twenty first century issues, we got to fight for like seventeenth century. Totally issues. right, and right.
3: anti blackness is a thing everywhere, everywhere, and so that is to I me mean, that is my life threatening
2: yes. to be black globally. Yes, yeah. even in black majority places.
3: Yes, totally. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so so- <laughs> I just I just wrote a, an article for Fast Company about. Um, Atlanta and how, like, all these, like, why don't tech companies are moving to the city. And this woman last night um, responded to a tweet, my tweet of the story, and said, great article, but if we're truly uh, trying to promote diversity, then we should uh, make sure that tech communities are full of all ethnicities.
3: Are you worried about that? <laughs> That's your worry? Get out of here.
1: And, I'm, and my first thought yeah. was similar, like, this is a, a city that is majority black. Right. City. And, the and, whole you're, city. And, you're, and this is a story about black people. About black people. Right. And your tweet to me is, great story, but what about all these other
3: ethnicities? Meanwhile, <laughs> there's only
2: 5% black people in tech. Right. So, like, clearly. Yeah, so, well, right.
3: That's about? the conversation <laughs> we need we even, have.
2: If, if, we're, if we're, quote, unquote, 12% of the population, if there's at least 12% representation, I can say, okay, that's reflective of what the population right. is. But we're only five percent. In most
1: industries they don't even hit like ten percent. Yeah. So we need to address equity before we talk about like in, like inclusion across the board yeah. Right
3: Or if that is your concern Lady on Twitter You go out Write the article Fight for the rest of the people right. My concern is black people And so the, All these like how, well, how about the Native Americans It's like yeah Y'all were awful to them too And if that is your focus Please By right. all means right. Go out And like raise the but, money but And do the my fight focus. But this is my right. focus Exactly And like Yeah <sighs> Yeah <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> see, I just,
1: Collect those yes. Yeah Whew. Yeah Another thing that's interesting that you can help us with and a lot of our listeners is, um, like adapting to the, um, the necessity of, of being an influencer today in 2019, right? So, so I know for me, like I, sometimes social media can be a bit overwhelming, right? Mm I feel like at the you know in the advent of like Facebook and you know Twitter and LinkedIn even like I feel like we could manage that and it could become part of our daily routine. Mm-hmm. You check it in in the morning or you post mm-hmm. whenever you, you know have a story go up or whatever. But today in order to build a a brand like you need to be on <laughs> digital yeah. All the time. And you have to like. Curate. You know. Your Instagram And do it in a very.
3: Like intentional way.
1: Intentional. That it represents your message. That you're engaging with people. But that is a lot. For like somebody. Just starting out. So how. What kind of advice. Would you give. To. You know. People like us. Whose brand is not even a year old yet. And other people listening. Who are like. I need to be. To know how to be an influencer. And like. Own my space. If I'm going to start something.
2: I think that's. You made a key point. Is that. You have to own your space. Right. So Like I still feel influencers aren't about the the amount of followers you have. It's just how engaged you are to followers you do have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had a moment as a travel influencer. Um, I was a micro travel influencer, Uh-oh. right? Because which, <laughs> which I think micros, micro many are better than than macro influencers because you ha- know, higher engagement. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. higher engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, I I did a test. Um, couple of like two months ago i i'm like i haven't posted in a while and nothing really going on i was like chilling out for a moment i'm like i want to post a photo of me just in the subway station and see what happens right so i posted a photo that said i thought i was smiling in this photo but clearly i know i wasn't smiling because i posed for the photo (laughs) oh my god the engagement was crazy like (laughs) I'm like, okay, this is social media. Is nuts. Nice. <laughs> I agree. Like, I'm completely lying right now. Like, you know that I knew I wasn't smiling because I'm in the photo, right? And someone else and then took I it, just posted it, and then also, I just posted yeah. it that I thought I was smiling <laughs> in the photo. <laughs>
3: This is an explanation of living in twenty nineteen. Like
2: it's annoying, <laughs> but then I, but I had to do it right. right. I had to like give them something right. <laughs> um, that's a, that right there is the quote. Mm-hmm. I have to give them, give them something. something. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, that's what I'm. That's important, right? Yeah, but you have to like be authentic too. So like I just found that funny. So whatever. In the next photo I, I did, I was actually smiling. Like whatever. Um, could I play I play with it. Again, I'm not trying. Like I said before, I'm not chasing the largest number. I'm just chasing what's most authentic for me, my personal brand and for my, for my business brand. Um, and I also had to separate me from, from blue. Um, so defining my own brand, um, was interesting because I'm very outspoken, but I know that some things I say may affect the company. So I have to edit that also, right? Um, like a lot, I'm a lot more free on this podcast right now than I would be on a post on Instagram. Yeah. Except when I'm attacking Don Lemon. Besides that, <gasps> uh, yeah. Besides that, Shots I, uh, fire.
1: Even still, he's gotten a lot better, hasn't he? But getting better isn't enough. It isn't enough. I think yeah. you and I are similar in that, like you're, like you definitely. Call yourself a journalist, but yeah. you also are clear about what you're passionate about. Correct. Like, I, like, I, I make I it am, clear
2: this is my opinion.
1: Exactly. Versus
2: but, this is fact.
1: Right. And you have your stances on what you go hard on. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'm not playing both sides. In, about. And my like, journalism is more both. like I'm yeah. more
2: like travel journalist because like that's my that's my space. Right. Yeah. I'm not a political journalist because I get personal and I give an opinion. Right. So mm-hmm. I I can't stay neutral in that yeah, space. Yeah. So I make sure when I when I'm talking about like travel. I'll give you an amazing detailed story, <laughs> of where to go, the best angle for light, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yes, man. best but angle. But when it comes to like cultural issues, I'm straight up giving you Davon Christopher Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I hear you.
1: <laughs> I
3: love a three name.
2: Yes, my new thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, love that.
1: I love it. So, two more questions for me on um, on digital um, engagement and being a uh, an efficient and um, uh, I guess. Well regarded influencer. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever that, whatever that that (laughs) wordplay. Um, uh, so, so, you know, you, you hit on this earlier. I actually had this as a question. Um, uh, follower count is, you know, like only a portion of it, right? So what other metrics should we be? like tracking uh and trying to build on when it comes to like instagram or snapchat or whatever whatever platform we're on
2: yeah so here's the thing you have to put them all out there right and then see which ones work for you great for blue we we had like pinterest tumblr instagram facebook twitter and Vine Like we, <laughs> All of them We had all of them Right Vine is dead Come on right. <laughs> And we're like Wait this is this is not working for us Like I don't yeah. know how to do I don't know how to use Half this shit right yeah, Exactly So like what worked for us I'm and all. So Facebook Works for us For like more long form stuff Yeah um, We have a newsletter That goes out to an um, email list that goes back to our website. and That's like most of our traffic comes from there. And then Instagram has a lot of engagement for stories mm-hmm. versus posts, right? So right. we'll do posts because, like, you got to have active posts. But we'll do a lot more Instagram when it comes to stories. So, yeah. like, I think measure what works for you and pick, like, three. You can even pick two. But pick the three that work the best for you. And then put them in, like, put them in order, like, what's more important. um, And engage that way. Yeah. And once you've mastered that one, then move to the next one. Because trying to do it all, unless you have a huge staff of, right. you know, yeah. 200 people and departments to handle each social media network, right. it's just going to be overwhelming for you. So I definitely would say pick the ones, one or two or three that work yeah. the best for you. That's good advice. Kind of take a take a step-by-step approach to it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
3: Can I ask about Bombshell?
2: Yes, please do.
3: Yeah. So I was like I feel like I knew about blue and I had seen it, but I really thought it was ma- male focused. So yep. I was like there to appreciate all of that. And then when I was more searching, I'm like, wait a second. So yeah. like
2: what- <laughs> I
3: wanna know all about it. Yeah,
2: I get it. I don't know, I smile and get excited too when I talk about bombshell, yeah. right? So bombshell, so what happened again this measurement thing, right, of social media, we saw we had like a forty five percent engagement of females. And we're like, Okay, like because we love black men. We, black women love black men. Love All bl- women love black men, yes. right? That's just Ooh, black men do. are loved, right? Yes. So I'm like, okay, what can we do to you know harness this relationship with with black women? And it was a project for interns at first, and, and I'm like, hey, you know, let's like do like some female content, like blah 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 blah. Um, there was a show on VH1, forgot what it was called, but Denise, Denise Vasi was on it. It's a really popular show. Um, Denise Vasi had replaced Stacy Dash. Mm. LaToya Luckett was on it also.
3: Oh, yeah, um, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: I remember the Stacey Dash part got me.
2: It was a cute little show on VH1. Uh, and as you guys look... Single ladies. Single ladies, yes. right? So dope show. And it's about around the same time we started in Bombshell. And we have the opportunity to shoot Denise Vasi. And we shot it. It was amazing. I'm like, yo, these shit's photos are great. We should just like make a mock cover. So we can like, say shits. yeah, oh, we say shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can say li- literally oh. anything. Okay. You this want shit to is say. dope. So I'm like, <laughs> so from there, we made a cover out of it. We tested it and people really, really liked it. So we started doing digital covers. Um, in 2020, bombshell would do an annual print issue, kind of like how sports illustrated does like annual issue, mm-hmm. uh, swimsuit issue. I always going to be swimsuit because bombshell is a play on words. It's not about tits and ass. It's about brains, you know, intelligence, community, just like, Dope women with crazy ambition. Like, Mm -hmm. that's, like, our theme for it. Um, Again, you're a bombshell because you're smart, not because you're half naked. Right. You can be half naked, too. Right. But also be smart while you're naked. Um, Or be be smart about being naked. Right. Um, So, yeah. So, Bombshell is, like, our newest baby. Um, I have an amazing um, girl on my team that runs that. Her name is Ebony, um, who started as an intern. And oh, like now, she's the head of content for Blue Life Media Group in general, and then she's editor in chief of Bombshell by Blue. Um Yeah, it's That's all great. organic. We we've done no promotion, so wow. every follower, every engage followers. every engagement has been one. We watched it one by one grow. Mm. Like no market, no boost, no paid ads, no nothing. Yeah. We wanted it to be really real and organic. Because again, like black females are so like on trend right now um everyone's sort of doing it yeah but when those crash and burn because it's all gimmicky we want to make sure we have our real true audience Mm -hmm. you know there there
1: that's dope that's great um and then last question okay um we like to leave off with uh a nuts and bolts like how can i get started today like if, if someone is listening to this right now and they have an idea what's the first thing they need to
2: get started a, f- a few a few first things. Um, <laughs> one, deciding the name, deciding like what your name is. Come up with like a one or two sentence like mission or description of what what you are, what you want to what you want to create. Because that'll guide you through the rest of your steps. Um, and you you can you can change that and edit it as you go. But like try to really drill down and like figure out who you are as a brand or what you're doing as a brand. Then you know, of course, you know, buy the website. Um, one thing yeah. I would say that I learned late that I wish I had learned earlier on because a bunch of other projects, get an attorney because mm. mm. you need to protect your brand. Get yourself an attorney and like you don't have to go to an expensive attorney. There's a lot of free resources. Just Google like free legal help for startups, right, in your local community.
3: And then what about one practical thing for just like how exhausting it can be to create content? <laughs> like just like a personal like self-help Care. Yeah, it's thing. exhausting, yeah. right? So,
2: like, don't try to overdo it. Mm. Like, I, it's all for me, it's all about, you know, what works um, for me. If you can do 10 posts a day, then do 10 posts a day. But if you really, if 10 posts are exhausting you mm-hmm. after the fifth one, then just do five. And do five, and do five right. really good posts. Right, and then do that, and then maybe add one more, and like let's see how that feels. Doesn't feel good? Go back to the five. People are gonna only acknowledge what you did good, right? Mm -hmm. And they're gonna call you out for your bad shit. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would rather have five good than like five bad and five good. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Ooh, that's good. This is good.
2: Thank you so much. Can
1: I also leave off? by noting that this you hat. that you have a hat that says daddy on I it. I do like that. <laughs> would, would, would you like to uh... <laughs> And it's just like the
3: simplest
2: text, just daddy. Like
3: just daddy.
2: Just- and, uh, and I don't I don't have I don't have kids. I we got <laughs> kids. Three amazing got kids. Um like I'm a man of a certain age. So like I'm a daddy. Like, call me zaddy, really, but. (laughs) Well,
1: and and there
2: we go.
3: (laughs) Devon came in and just blew up our day. I appreciate you.
1: I have nothing to add to
3: (laughs) that.
2: that. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks.
3: I love how Devon was talking about, like, you have to give them something. Right? Like, that's such a content creator mantra. Is like,
1: you got to do something. I'm printing that out. Yeah. And putting it on my wall. Yeah,
3: yeah, I like that. You have to give them something. Something. Yeah, and you decide what that is. You what it is but you have to give them make something. It good.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Now it's time for our, our last segment.
1: LLC. Ooh, you like that?
3: That was beautiful.
1: <laughs> so my loved. Yes. This week is the sixteen nineteen project. What that? So um. It's a project put together by the New York Times Magazine um, acknowledging the uh, 400th anniversary of the beginning of American slavery. So it's basically a um, collection of essays and reporting and even poetry um, that uh, is all by... A team of all star black writers. There's uh, work by Nicole Hannah Jones, who I understand is uh, the driving force uh, behind the project. There's uh, stuff by Jamel Bowie and Wesley Morris, who's also um, a writer at the New York Times. Um, And, you know, they talk about, you know, all the things that we don't, that we take for granted about how slavery has um, affected our daily lives and things we don't even think about it. realize to like how why, like to why we don't have um, universal health care and like how, <laughs> how the reason that we don't is because <laughs> of um, people not wanting to give health care to the black folks. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, to um, how, you know, sugar became so um, which has become so saturated in our, in our diets today is um, uh, such a, a brutal product of the slave trade, you know, Mm -hmm. of of, of the slave uh, system. Um, To even like why uh, cities uh, have traffic, like such bad traffic jams, right? Because of how segregated people, white people in power made cities like Mm -hmm. Atlanta, Mm -hmm. right? And so they don't want to institute a public, transit system or they never did because Mm -hmm. they wanted to keep the city so segregated. So Mm -hmm. I mean I I haven't dug my teeth into it yet. I just like looked at the headlines of each of each story and I'm I'm just so excited about it and I'm 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 also inspired by it because for them to like take as much time and thought as they have, I mean if you go to the website which we'll include in the in the show notes, you can see just like the design of the project and every every aspect of the launch of this, um, to me has just been something that, you know, from, from the, you know, the viewpoint of a reporter and someone who, you know, likes to, um, who, who is passionate about these things and likes to tell stories around these things. Um, it was very inspiring and made me want to do better as well. Um, so we'll put the link to that. So that's my loved. Um, can't wait to read it. And then my canceled is, I guess, <laughs> similar themes, um, is that black home ownership is at a record low. So this is according to census data. The story says, while Hispanic homeownership rate is on the rise, the black home ownership rate has fallen 8.6 percentage points since its peak in 2004, hitting its lowest level on record in the first quarter of this year. This divergence marks the first time in more than two decades that Hispanics and Blacks, the two largest racial or ethnic minorities in the U.S., are no longer following the same path when it comes to owning homes. Uh, So now we know that, like, homeownership is one of the main sources of uh, uh, financial well-being in this country. So, like, what does it mean that, like, even... Again, as we just said with the 1619 project, even for the people who built this country as it is today, mm. that and were, uh, have been here for a very long time, that we're not even able to afford homes yeah. in this country. <laughs> Seems like an important thing to highlight. A-,
3: a cancel for sure.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, so I have a learned and a cancel. So my learned is, um, this week I, And I I knew this, and racism has a connection to everything, but I don't think I ever really thought about racism's and white supremacy's connection to uh, the statistics of black people and swimming. So I don't know how to swim. I keep saying that I'm going to take lessons and actually almost did it this summer and then just didn't um, at the Y around the corner from my house. But... um, According to a recent study, 64% of black kids have no or low swimming ability versus 40% of their white counterparts. And um, black children age 5 to 19 were five and a half times more likely to drown in a swimming pool death than white kids of the same age. So it's like one of those things where bias has – a bias has affected an action and that action is literally killing us. Like our kids are dying – At five and a half times more rate by drowning um and so when i read this article that i will also post and there's like a video to accompany it it talks about how africans majority africans that were brought here to be enslaved knew how to swim but they weren't they were not allowed to teach their children because swimming led to freedom Mm. and so slave owners would often like stop them from being able to do that. And so now we just have generations later where nobody knew uh, how to swim and no one knew how to teach anyone. Yeah, I never thought about that either. Right. Um and then when Jim Crow came and there was a the segregation of pools, they made the black pool so undesirable that we're not taking our kids there to swim. And so um for me it's just like this through line of slavery, it's like I hear people talk about when are we going to stop using that as an excuse? And it's not an excuse. It's a reality. Mm -hmm. Like in this book, I'm reading so much these days. So (laughs) I'm just like these, this book that I'm reading also talks about how black American culture can be so rooted in African culture and that it's not a mistake that most of those things were, were forcibly broken during slavery. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, that was just my learn this week of like, the connection between that and how we are really fighting racism head on when we learn to swim or when we buy a house. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like those little things that seem to our white counterparts like par for the course. We are really breaking a mm-hmm. generational racism curse mm-hmm. by doing those things. So it kind of just like pushed me back to like wanting to make sure that I continue to seek that out. So when
1: are you go to learn swim?
3: At this point, I'm, like, a little afraid of water. I'm, I don't enjoy it. Like, when I go to the beach, it's, like, for the sun, and that's it. I'll um, take you. I'm scared.
1: But you have me there.
3: I need, like, a, like a real lesson. A real person? No, like, a real lesson. <laughs> like, it's not going to just be, like, just float. It's going to be, like, yeah. here's, like, feel the water first. It's oh, going to no. be, like, teaching a child.
1: Okay. Well, maybe not me.
3: Right. <laughs> 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 um, and then my canceled... Is just like, this is going to go on my Tumblr of white girls saying awful things. (laughs) So, something came out today about the end of Hot Girl Summer and then the beginning of Christian Girl Autumn. And the face of Christian Girl Autumn was two white girls with like scarves on and pumpkin spice lattes and vests and striped shirts. Um, And... A white girl made the meme it was just like you know I heard so much about hot Girl summer I just like wanted to give the opposite and it's like what part of Christian girl and hot girl are opposite right <laughs> like let's get there first because we're Christian too
1: right you can be a hot anchor
3: exactly right? and number two do you have anything that you've owned uh, that you did? <laughs> It's like take what did you start? What's what's trending that you started? And take something Taylor Swift did and make it your own. Like we don't want that. But it's just like Megan The Stallion had the summer, one summer with Hot Girl Summer. It was so big, and it's just like you guys literally cannot even wait for the first leaf to fall. But no, our turn. I yeah, turn our now. turn. Me, me, me. Us, us, us. Come back to us. Come back to us because we didn't feel like we could be a part of that. And I, it just made me I think I sent it to you earlier. It just made me so mad. You were very upset. Like, just <laughs> go in a hole. Like, I'm so <laughs> tired of them having to be the face of anything. And
1: but the, it's what they were taught. So, death to Christian girl. Death Trump. to Christian Christian and, girl, autumn. And I'm a Christian
3: girl and I love fall. But I'm also a hot girl and I love summer. Right? Like, it's just like you don't ha- you don't get to be the face of everything. I refuse.
1: No. Dude.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I can do anything. Yeah. yeah.
1: Hell no. Hell no. Nah. Nah.
3: Yeah. All right. That's it. Um check the so- show notes. We're going to put so much stuff in it. Show notes are basically like our new newsletter. Like
1: We should start a newsletter. We Yeah.
3: We will. But in the meantime, check the show notes because they have so much stuff. Um, our Patreon link is still there. We still need the monies <laughs> for production. Yeah.
1: You guys are blessing us. Yes. Because, thank you so much. Like
3: It was all coming out of our the little baller,
1: pockets. But, but <laughs> I am I'm not. still a freelancer. <laughs> and so it means so much that... It does. To like produce the last episode. And this one. And
3: and one the next more. one yeah
1: and not have to come out of pocket for that right. like for a weekly podcast yeah. it means so much and we yeah. really appreciate it and
3: that. shout out to our editor yeah
1: right we almost
3: got we almost got rid of him
1: yeah. <laughs> wait don't
3: say that <laughs> on the podcast has been I don't even think, does he really listen to every second of it? Um, so, shout out to him. I feel like he, we literally couldn't do it he's without him. He's very talented. He is, he is.
1: And we appreciate him so He's much. also very black. Yeah. He's, he's, he's in the motherland. Yeah,
3: he is black. <laughs> we think we're black. Um, all right, let's go.
0: <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye. You don't need to be employed to get employee level vision coverage. If you're retiring soon and looking for a way to continue caring for your eyes, get a VSP individual vision plan at VSPdirect.com. Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort find your local dealer at bryant.com bryant whatever it takes